Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener. You'll have ad-free episodes and join us on our monthly Zoom calls with other podcast listeners and get to know the community at wearelatech.love, linked in the show notes. We have this one customer and I won't name her name, but we love her. Like she's obsessed with Kitterly. So of course we love her because she buys something. But it's kind of funny because when you see her name coming through the orders and it's like, oh, you haven't seen her for a few days. You're like, is she okay? Everything okay? I'm Alex Bloomberg, host of the podcast Startup, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech. Welcome back to the We Are LA Tech podcast here in Santa Monica. It is an amazing and beautiful beach day. Aren't you guys jealous? And I get to celebrate an extraordinary female founder here in LA. Hello, Mary. Hi. So, Mary, you've been part of the LA Tech ecosystem from the beginning. But before we get into that, go ahead and introduce yourself to everybody and tell them a little bit about who you are and what you do. Cool. So I'm Mary Bauer. I'm the CEO and co-founder of an LA-based startup here called Kitterly. And what we're doing at Kitterly is disrupting craft and supply retail commerce with our curated crafting kits. And our first vertical is knitting and crochet. We've been doing it for about three years now. And you're kind of like the Bloomingdale's of knitting, right? Yeah, yeah. So like definitely more upscale than what you would think at like Michael's or Walmart where you're going in and buying like, you know, a ball of yarn in the back. Like our crafters are really invested, highly engaged hobbyists that span, you know, all ages, but they invest pretty heavily into their hobby because they want to make something really cool and special. I mean, you were saying that the knitting market does like something, something millions a year. Like what were you saying? Well, the overall crafting market, there are like 73 million crafters in the U.S. And this is just U.S. And they spend about $43 billion a year on supplies. $43 billion. $43 billion, which is up from 2010. The studies that we have seen, they were calling it about $30 billion in 2010. So it's definitely getting bigger. Um, Knitting in particular, the um, research study that we cite from the Association of Creative Industries says that 22 million people in the United States knit or crochet every year. So and they spend almost $3 billion on supplies. It's wild. Um, okay, and now I want to get into Kitterly and everything that it does. And for those of you who knit already, you know everything that Mary's talking about. For those of you who don't knit, how I understand it is someone like me, who's never knitted before, can literally go to Kitterly, pick out a design, get a kit of everything that I need for that design, have it sent to my house and then I can start knitting and not worry about having the wrong yarn or like low quality yarn. Is it called yarn? Yeah. Okay. Yep. It is <laughs> called yarn. Low quality yarn and have this like she's wearing this beautiful. Do you call that a shawl? Yeah. I don't know what it's called. It's something rad. Like it's it looks a little dope. large for a shawl. So we would affectionately call it a schlanket. Schlanket? Because it's almost a blanket. It. I dig it. It's like this really cool, hip, <laughs> modern, shabby, chic, um, just, p- uh, you know, piece of attire that she's wearing. And we, I could literally make that on my own using Kitterly. And I could have this dope piece of, you know, 
really kind of custom out thing where I go out and my friends are like, where did you get that? And I'm going to be like, I made it. Hashtag I made this. <laughs> what I like to say. But before we get into Kitterly and all the good stuff about knitting that you've been so gracious to share with me before we even got on the air. um, go ahead. You've been a part of the LA Tech ecosystem from like day one. <laughs> Yeah, I've been here for a long time. I mean, I started when I moved to L.A. Um, 19 years ago. Crazy. Um, I know. It's crazy. I actually finally have lived someplace longer than where I grew up. Um, where did you grow up? I grew up in Pennsylvania in the middle of nowhere. Super different than Los Angeles. Oh, totally different. <laughs> where like, in L.A. So, are you based? Um, I started out in Santa Monica, actually, yeah. but, and lived in the South Bay for a while. Now we're over kind of like West Hollywood. Nice. I actually literally live on the border of Beverly Hills. Yeah. But I'm in Los Angeles, so yeah. I just look at the 90210. <laughs> I don't get to, like, be in the 90210. I don't think 90210 is as cool as it used to be. No, no, <laughs> no. And Hollywood's the school was in Torrance anyways. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so, but, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I started out working in the toy industry. So my first job out here in California, I was an electrical engineer, and I designed toys at Mattel. So cool. So, yeah, it was kind of a crazy. And then I, I stayed in toys for about six years. I was at a company called MGA Entertainment. And yeah. If, People remember back, they had this doll line called Bratz. Yeah. Which, like, you know, kicked bar little Barbie's ass. Right. And I hope I can swear. Sorry. Oh, it's a podcast. Okay. <laughs> swear away. Um, all right. Yeah. Kind of swear a lot. Uh -huh. But yeah, so I, I ran consumer electronics and youth electronics for the Bratz brand for a couple of years. And then I got tired of the toy biz. It's grueling. Yeah. It's worse than the movie big. Like, yeah. It's really not that fun. Some people love it. Not me. And I jumped into social media. I was an early MySpace employee. So crazy. What's MySpace? I know. <laughs> yeah. I know. I put that in some pitch presentations and I wonder, you can always tell the age of the audience when they look at me blankly when I say I worked with Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Tom's like a photographer now. He's trying to like YouTube it up. I, oh, I he has noticed. the best Instagram. Yeah. I love it. I totally follow it. <laughs> love you, Tom. <laughs> um, and okay. So you went, you went from MySpace and now... Was there a tech community when you were working at MySpace? An L.A. tech community? I, you know, I don't... I would say probably air more no. I mean, it was just MySpace. Like, yeah. we were, like, kind of the big company. And yeah. we... I mean, we were... We got pretty big, and then, of course, Weren't, it Wasn't MySpace one of the first? I would in say, Santa Monica? yeah, yeah. They were in Santa Monica originally. Well, they kind of bounced all over, but they're, when they were really growing fast, they were in Santa Monica, and then they, you know... News Corp, Fox yeah. bought them, yeah. and then we moved to Beverly Hills. So yeah. it was really kind of bizarre because we weren't even really in Silicon Beach. Yeah. Like the whole Silicon Beach fest, you know, in the Silicon yeah. Beach community yeah. that started kind of after MySpace. Yeah. Went, yeah. you know, it kind of declined. And, totally. Yeah. I mean, Kevin Winston started Silicon Beach fest. And according to articles out there, and I don't know if this is true. I wonder if you could answer this. Suppo I worked with Kevin. So, yeah. <laughs> no, I know I'm saying supposedly, I don't believe this. Supposedly, Paige Craig came up with the term Silicon Beach. I don't know. I don't know. Paige don't Craig know. is an angel investor in town. He just took a job with that popular scooter, motorized scooter company called Bird. And yeah, I, yeah, I, I just where already took that. Yeah, because yeah. he had a VC for a while. Um, yeah, but um, supposedly. And I know we're like as a community... We're pretty, like, we want to puke when we hear the term Silicon Beach. I know. I, just, <laughs> I feel it's kind of, 
I mean, silicon, plastic. It feels plastic yes, to me. Right. Well, from LA, yeah. Because we're already, you know, because silicone. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> to me, so it's like, yeah, there is that association with yeah. it where I get they're trying to say Silicon Valley, but yeah. we're Silicon Beach. Yeah. And I mean, That's, maybe he did. I don't know. I think I did read that at one point in time. Yeah. But I was like, is that true? I don't know. It could be. Now I'm going to look it up. So when do you particularly feel like the LA tech community came to be? You know, I would say probably like 2012 was like really when I saw things kind of bubbling up and changing. It was like MySpace had kind of, you know, yeah, deflated and they had the big, you know, got sold. Yeah. And then, um, you know, science started their right. stuff. They're an and, incubator. Yeah. yeah they has Dollar their, Shave Club. Yeah. And then yeah. Dollar Shave Club. And then you had Snapchat yeah. kind of bubbling up. And I think that was like 2012 was when it really started things started happening. Yeah. And I remember going to different events yeah. and like even like the social and social media started to be more than just MySpace and Twitter. Like yeah. social media started to be a real way for people to communicate in an ecosystem being developed around it. Yeah. 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 And it's been really crazy to see how it's changed. Yeah. I mean, we started Kitterly, started working on Kitterly like yeah. at the end of 2014. Yeah. And even from then until now, I feel like it's, 2018, it's so different. It's such a different economy and such a different group of people. So let's talk about Kitterly and, and how Kitterly is a tech company and um and where where Kitterly is today and where you see it going. First of all, how many people on your team? Where is the company today? Like, give us a kind of uh, barometer of what's going on. So yeah. we're still pretty early stage. I mean, we've raised a little bit of money, you know, not a huge round that yeah. gets in tech crunch and stuff. But so we're still pretty much bootstrapping. Yeah. We have a great investor group and we've done a lot. Yeah. Um, and we we actually left Silicon Beach to get yeah. our kickstart where we went. Yeah. We did 500 startups, but there are five of us. So it's my co-founder and myself. And then we have three employees who do all the day to day and all the fabulous graphic design. Yeah. So we're still really small, but we accomplish a lot with very little. So And to the extent that you're comfortable, because I was pretty wowed by it, your company makes money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We we had a great year. I'm not afraid to talk about, it, but we did over a million dollars last year in revenue and that was significantly up from the prior year. We've got an amazing group of customers. I mean, our retention rates through the roof. I mean, we measure on a quarterly basis yeah. because when you're creating something and you're making it, it's not like a pair of shoes where you're yeah. like, oh, I want another pair of shoes. Like, it takes you time. Um, and typically, I say three months is a good time period to say, yeah. oh, I finished a project. Right. I want you to come back at least once every three months to buy something. Yeah. And our quarterly retention rate is like is over 65%. It's amazing. I mean, when you, when you shared with me uh, about the million, being that I'm not a knitter— I'm like, people spend money on knitting, you know? Oh, yeah. so much money. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so I think that's in, that's what's interesting for everybody to hear that it, you're not working in like, you don't have, you're not running a hobby. Like, you no, have a real this business. this is not a lifestyle business. This is a true ecosystem that's so underserved. Yeah. And people just don't think about it because they think it's small. But when you asked an earlier question, and I want to address it about like, how do we position ourselves as a tech company? Yeah, we absolutely do. Yes, we're e-commerce and we're selling things. But when I looked at how I wanted to do this, you know, it was about providing context and convenience and delight to our customers and using technology as a way to, to get there. And so we built a technology platform that enables to take our inventory and present basically infinite kit options to a customer so they can drill down, find something that they like, that they're, they're interested in, and also matching their skill level, 
but we reuse our inventory in real time. So I'm not, I'm not selling boxes. Right. It's like when people think kits, I always think of like Blue Apron where you get a box of stuff. And yes, you do get a box of stuff, but it's not allocated that way. Like we have this big, I call bullpen of inventory and we just grab it when it's need. So we spent a lot of time and a lot of money investing in this very scalable platform that we can then replicate across multiple categories. Like curating a box, you mean? Yeah. So instead of saying, hey, you're going to buy this box and these materials are in this box and we're going to buy inventory just for that box. Right. I just buy inventory. And then I say, I can, with this inventory, I can make these 40 things. Yeah. And then the customer goes, oh, wow, there are 40 things I can make. I really like this one, but it's too hard for me. But, ooh, I like this one. And it's my perfect skill set. It's an an intermediate level. I'm going to buy that one. But they got the option to, like, search and find something that truly matches them. To the extent that you're comfortable, I mean, Mm -hmm. this is the We Are Light Tech podcast. I'm all about being positive, and this is not controversial, not anything. So to the extent that you're comfortable, for the investors listening right now, can you give us kind of your, like, your your comfy pitch, not even your serious pitch, but your, like, best friend in a living room pitch? (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Oh, on the... Sure. I mean, we're building, we're making crafting accessible and fun. And we're addressing a huge market that's ignored and people don't think about it. And I meet these customers every day that like go to events that I call the Coachella of knitting or the Coachella of crafting, where there's an event in New York every year where 50,000 people go to the Catskills to hang out, shop, take classes, socialize all about this hobby that they love so dearly, but they have trouble getting their supplies. So we want to be that place for them. And it's a huge market that we should be able to do it. Best friended up. <laughs> yeah. And okay. And so where do you, where do you see your company being next year or five years? Like, where is it going? So our primary goal is to do one thing and do it really, really well, which is to own the, fi- I call it fiber arts, which is yarn, fiber. So whether you knit, you crochet, or you can even do what's called weaving, you know, where you literally build like a tapestry. Um, We're going to own that vertical and we're going to take it as big as we possibly can get it. I mean, like I said, almost $3 billion just in the U.S. is spent on these supplies. We want to be, we want to own significant market share of that, of the more, you know, we want to make it accessible. So I don't want to call myself like the Saks Fifth Avenue of knitting, but like Bloomingdale's, they have high-priced items and they have very accessible items. So we really want to be the Bloomingdale's of knitting and then crafting. And once we own this vertical, we're going to take all those learnings and we're going to take our audience and we're going to introduce them to new channels. Like other hobbies like sewing, quilting, jewelry making, scrapbooking, painting supplies. I mean, anything that requires um, a bill of material, an assembly of goods and a creative outlet for people to use it, we're going to address those. And now being that you've been in LA Tech for a long time, what are some LA Tech resources that you recommend or like something that uh, someone moving here or someone growing this, their startup themselves that you're like, oh, you should really check out XYZ? Oh, man, it keeps on changing. There's so many of them. Um, I just went to this really a new one that's coming up called... Um, Crash the Glass. Yeah. I think it's Crash the Glass. Um, I went to this event. She was, she's based out of New York, but she's never heard of it. LA. It's brand new. And I went to an event at the Soho House. And then I met this other woman who has this social networking kind of co-working meetup yeah. um, organization called Quilt. And so you can. I just heard about Quilt on this 
podcast this week, um, somebody told me about Quilt. She's amazing. She's amazing. What is this Quilt thing? So basically, it's these, um, you pay a subscription and you can go and have like these coffee chats in yeah. people's homes and it's all women. So yeah. the whole idea is like this great networking tool. So it can come from all different walks of life. So you yeah. can meet people in tech or not, but there are just really great resources because especially as being an entrepreneur, it can get lonely. Yeah. You're not in a big office anymore. You're not, right. you know, if you're not in that space. So I do a lot of those events and I've done like the founder meet funder things yeah. where they're just, even if you don't get like a pickup from an investor, you always meet like these amazing companies and then you're like, oh, let's have coffee. Let's yeah. talk. Let's relate. Um, yeah. the, you know, obviously Kevin's stuff, Digital LA. Kevin Winston. Yeah, Kevin, his guy. Yeah, his events are always good. Um, and I just started a program that's like a pre-accelerator yeah. called um, Startup Boost. And so I'm in that right now. And tell us what a pre-accelerator is. I know Stubbs Alderton has one too. Yeah, typically they are. So they don't give you, they don't give you an investment, but they donate their time. So they usually get sponsors to cover like any cost related to the program. And so Startup Boost, we meet on Monday nights and then you have a network of mentors and they help like entrepreneurs. Um, you have to apply to get in the program and they only, I think, picked like eight companies. So yeah. it's pretty cool to get picked for it. And they help you with like, Crafting your pitch, looking at like your product. Do you have product market fit or not? Like, I mean, we're a little bit further along, so we already have product market fit. Like we have those pieces. So for me, it's really about like re-examining our narrative so that when I go into fundraising, I'm better telling the story about, you know, the awesomeness, yeah. the radness that's Kitterly. But a lot of the earlier stage companies, they're still trying to get the prototype. They're still trying to launch. They're still trying to like figure out how to speak to investors. What has to go into a pitch deck? What's right. in my executive summary? And they have a whole program where we have some coursework. We meet with mentors. We practice our pitches with each other. We get feedback. Yeah. And there are tons of those events all over. I mean, like Pasadena Angels hosts like a free one where you can just go and practice your pitch. And yeah. I like them because you, A, you always meet so many interesting founders. Right. And I feel that you're always going to learn by, you're always going to find someone who's either maybe a little bit further behind than you or a right. little bit further ahead. Yeah. And there's so much insightful feedback that you could either be helping that person who's behind you or right. that, you know, that other person's paying it forward that will make that intro or just help you with your sanity. Cause again, totally. it's a, it's a lonely experience. It's a lonely world where 99% of the people that you're around will not at all understand why you're doing what you're doing. <laughs> and, and, and everybody will include all these links in the show notes. So you can click, uh, click and cyberstock yourself. And well, I, you know, sometimes I like to ask like what event you'd recommend. And you talked about Kevin Winston's um, Silicon beach fest and there's different events that go. Is there any, yeah, and he does like monthly one. He does like all sorts of stuff. Dude, the guy does like a billion panels a month. Yeah. <laughs> a ton, but they're it's really amazing. good. And some of them will be, you have to, you they're topic specific, very topic specific. So if there's something that you're interested in, and there's some, I haven't, there's like these mixers. I'm not, I'm a mom and I'm yeah. working a startup. So my ability to go out and have drinks, like yeah. go to these mixers is, but I know like there's something like Google sponsors and even Google does like these really cool talks. Well, they'll, yeah. um, I just went to one where Vince Cerf spoke. Nice. The fat, you know, the inventor of the internet. That's crazy. And it was fascinating. Like, and they host these talks. So Al Gore on... didn't invent the internet? No, sadly Al didn't. <laughs> Al, Al invented the second internet. I, <laughs> I wasn't even going to go there. Um, 
And what LA tech talent or company have you come across lately who's really impressed you? Um, I would say Quilt. I am yeah. blown away with. I went to my first coffee chat and I'm like, I'm in. What I actually just signed one? up. If you go, you sign up. So Quilt, I think it's like Get Quilt or Meet. I'll give you yeah. the link. I yeah, can't yeah. remember. Um, I'm going include it in the show notes. You sign up. There's like 40 events a month going on. What? Yeah. Wait, okay. Walk me through. I sign up for Quilt. Mm-hmm. Why, why, what makes Quilt different than the other 40 events going on? So these are curated personalized experiences for they're for women I mean it's it's a female focused network and so you go into a person's home so the whole idea is women don't network a lot of times they don't have time like yeah they're working moms and they have to get home and get homework right. in I don't have time to go to the viceroy like right. tech happy hour every yeah. week like I just can't yeah and women in general don't network the way men do yeah. so the idea is to make it like a more safe and inviting environment yeah. and what's better than another woman's home. And so you open up your home either yeah. in like between 9 and 11 in the morning yeah. or like between 6 and 8 at night. Yeah. And you host like 10 to 12 people yeah. and there's um, a curated topic of discussion and they do them based on themes. Every month they have a different theme. So like How this cool. month is journeys. So it's like your path to whatever. Wow. And so you have the moderator who's the host. Yeah. She serves coffee, snacks, whatever. Yeah. And I mean, it can be in a big house, a little and house. how much is it? Do you pay membership? It's like 30 bucks a month. That's awesome. Um, and it was a really amazing experience. And I can't speak more highly. Of I want to go. Gianna, sign up. I'm telling you, everyone needs is to sign up. Is she in LA, up. the founder? She's in LA. Introduce um, me. I we should totally have in, her on the show. Totes, you you yeah. should. She's amazing and yeah. just such a... And specifically, she hosted the first one that I went to. Yeah. And, like, you just felt so comfortable. And I met, I think there were, like, six or eight of us, six of us. I met an architect. I met yeah. a chiropractor. I met someone who's working in a nonprofit that's going to change your business. And then I met, like, a personal that's coach. So and then cool. myself. And then between us, like, at the end, everyone, you know, you have an ask. Yeah. Like, you could ask for anything. Yeah. And honestly, my ask was, like, I wanted to keep in touch with these amazing women. Yeah. Because, like, again, I work, I have three employees yeah. and I have my co-founder. Yeah. I don't work in an office. Yeah. I don't talk to a lot yeah. of people. Like I'm always like talking about yarn totally. all day. And it was so nice just to hear their perspectives on totally. their lives. And yeah, so I, it was really cool. I'm going to do another one. That's a resource I'm going to throw out there real quick. I don't know if you're familiar Work Party. Do you know Work Party? It's pop-up co-working run by this guy named Aiden. Super rad. Really high we're quality. In the, we're in the... um startup boosting together he's awesome oh yeah yeah such a good guy but i've been to a few of the work parties they're run really well really structured really collaborative but um but it's run in an environment where you could totally be productive and get work done like that's how it's set up and then they put focus time for collaboration so you're you don't come and all it is is networking it's it's a really healthy balance of both that's cool Yeah, yeah he's been he's in the um the startup boosting with me. Rad. And so, yeah, it's yeah. a really cool concept. I'm an Aiden fan and a work party fan. Um, So if you had one ask of the community, this amazing L.A. tech community, something that we can do to support you in your success and help move Kidderly forward, what would that ask be? Oh, check it out. Share it with your friends. Like, you know, a crafter in your life. Tell them about it. And can you spell it for everybody? Um, K-I-T-T-E-R-L-Y dot com. And how can people connect with you? Um, you can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me. You can email me at mary at kidderly.com. M-A-R-I. Um, yeah, M-A-R-I. Mary with an I. My mom decided to make my life 
<laughs> interesting by giving me a funny spelled name. Um, yeah, I'm on Instagram just as my name. I'm not a very good Twitter user. So if you tweet me, I may or may not find it. <laughs> I'd be like six. I log in and I'm like, oh, hey, yeah, sorry. Um, but yeah, you can check me out on LinkedIn. Mary Perfect. Bauer. Can you spell there. your last name? B-O-W-E-R. Perfect. And last question. I'm kind of really excited about this question. Um, what has been a customer uh, story of Kitterly, something that like really moved you? Maybe somebody made a gift for somebody or something that they created, although I know that their designs, you provide them. Has there been a customer story that you're like, oh, that's awesome? Oh, man. Um, I hear about them every once in a while. I mean, I try to check in. You know, it's really fun when you, um, like one time someone was buying a kit club for their mom. Like we have a little, we have a subscription box. It's yeah. not a big part of our business, but we have one. And, you know, their mom was like getting back into knitting. I guess the husband had died or something. And yeah. so they brought that and it just brought some joy to her life. So you hear stories like that. But like we have this one customer and I won't name her name, but we love her. Like she's <laughs> obsessed with Kitterly. So of course we love her because she buys something. But it's kind of funny because when you see her name coming through the orders and it's like, oh, you haven't seen her for a few days. You're like, is she okay? Everything okay? <laughs> and um, my my customer service manager, um, she talks, to, you know, she's always talking to the customers and she was just telling me the story. This woman had just learned to knit in the last two years and she must be recently retired and she has just fallen in love with it. And she like can't wait to get our emails because she's always inspired by something new. And yeah, I know I want to see, but there's just so many stories of people who just love what we're doing. Yeah. But the best, I think probably the best thing I could talk about is the partners that we work with. Yeah. So we obviously are very heavily focused on serving a female customer Although only 70% of people who knit are women. There are men that knit. Yeah. And it's bigger than you think. But we focus primarily on women right now. And our vendors that we buy from, we source from, we work with des independent designers from all over the world. We have a designer in Australia. We have one in Japan. We have a ton in Germany, England, France, all over the U.S. And we, and they're predominantly female. Um, and they're people that, you know, one was a stay-at-home mom that got into it. And their one used to be an ER doctor that started designing patterns as she was recovering from an illness. And we have like a former Unix administrator. Like the crazy stories that you hear about these amazing people that have changed their careers to do something that like they care about. But the coolest thing is of the like 95 or 96 or so vendors, and that includes all our suppliers, our hand dyers, our machine dyers, yeah. the people who sell us our needles, over 85% of those companies are owned by women. Wow. And when I started thinking about that statistic, I'm like, wow, like this really is a global ecosystem of female entrepreneurs from all over. And I just want to celebrate them. I mean, they're amazing women to like the one company I told you about where Spin Cycle Yarns and they're based in Washington state. And it's two young women tattooed, like rocking it out and they hand make everything in that product and they call themselves the spinsters and they're just like this cool group of people that you know when they all they they know each other online and when they're at an event or they're at, a, at one of these you yeah. know festivals the coachellas of knitting they are like it's like they had just hung out like last week and they might be from germany or you know like i said right. washington or florida and they're all hanging out sharing in a hobby that just brings them so much joy 
One thing I want to clarify before we wrap up is when you use the term designer, someone like me who's not a knitter, mm-hmm. what does that mean? A designer is literally like a fashion designer. So just like, you know, Marc Jacobs, Betsy Johnson, or, you know, you know, Versace, someone who designed something, except for the fact that they designed it for you to make it. So they'll actually create the design. They draw, you know, some of them draw, some of them maybe just create as they're going. They create the project, then they design the instruct, they write the instructions and then hand that over to you to make it yourself. Awesome. Yeah. So we like to call it slow fashion. So, <laughs> slow fashion. Because it might take you, you know. Seven years. Seven years or, <laughs> or a couple months or a couple weeks. But it's not like you're going to Forever 21 and just picking up a shirt off the rack. Like you, totally. you made every stitch of that garment. I was, ask, I was asking you um, offline, uh, you were telling me it takes about two days to make a hat. It could take. And then take. something like a sweater takes, you said, uh, a week or two. A sweater. An adult sweater will probably take you a couple months. A couple months. Oh, yeah, yeah. For me, you it's going to take, like, always multiply, like, seven times whatever time frame yeah. I tell you because I just don't have as much time yeah. as I want. Totally. <laughs> um, this has been so cool. Thank you so much, Mary, for sharing your story on the We Are LA Tech podcast. It's just rad that you've been a part of the LA Tech community as it's evolved into being the third largest startup city in the world, which is crazy. I remember when we all fit in one picture at South by Southwest in 2009. And now, and now, now it's a huge now people move here. Yeah. Uh, we are late to get to all the emails. I'm moving there from Austin. I'm moving there from Washington. I'm moving there from London. I'm moving like, help, help, help. How do, what do I, I'm like, whoa, this is amazing. And now you go into a coffee house instead of talking about screenplays or talking about mobile apps. Yeah. Just, it's it's crazy. incredible. It's incredible. I love it. I love it. It's so cool. If you guys want to connect and collaborate with more extraordinary people in the LA Tech community, remember you can go to the We Are LA Tech Slack group at wearelatech.com slash VIP. That's wearelatech.com slash VIP. And remember to say hello on social at We Are LA Tech on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I will see you guys, talk to you guys, hear you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Yes, you can now get your We Are LA Tech tea. You've all been asking for it. Just go to wearelatech.com slash shop to be a part of the movement to make Los Angeles the top city in the world for tech. Yes, we are number three. Let's get it to number one. Wearelatech.com slash shop. Represent. Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes.